Good morning, everyone. Good to see you. This is uh, when you're involved in baptizing someone, and I have the, the absolute pleasure of baptizing my daughter this morning. You get to preach dressed like this. So um, it's the only time probably you can do it. So I'm taking advantage today. Uh, Jesus gave, at the end of Matthew's gospel, a, gr- a great commission to his disciples. Many people say, many scholars say that right throughout Matthew's gospel, it's just building up to this moment where Jesus says to his disciples, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The first command that Jesus gives after saying to go and make disciples is to baptize them. And so we believe that once someone has made that decision to be a disciple, a follower of Jesus, that we should baptize them. And so that's what we're doing today. Note how Jesus said, go and make disciples. He didn't say go and make converts. A convert might be someone who believes in Jesus, kind of books their place in heaven by believing in Jesus, turning up at church just to maybe be confident enough that they can be called a Christian. But a disciple is someone who truly wants to follow Jesus. They understand that they no longer live for themselves when they make that decision, but they live for Jesus. They're willing to go wherever Jesus sends them, willing to do whatever Jesus calls them to do. Disciples make Jesus the main thing in their lives. Everything else is secondary. And so today we have three young people who are saying that they want to be disciples of Jesus. They want to make Jesus the main thing in their lives. And I just want to, in the next few minutes, just briefly explain three things that I think that baptism means for those who get baptized. Number one, baptism is ultimately a step of obedience. Jesus set us an example by being baptized himself. Jesus went to John the Baptist, you can read about it in Matthew chapter 3, and he asked, Jesus asked John to baptize him. And John responded, I'm sure like many of us would. (laughs) It says in Matthew chapter 3, John says, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? In other words, Jesus, why are you coming to me saying, I want you to baptize me? You're the one, Jesus, who's sinless. You're the one who's perfect. I need to be baptized by you. You don't need to be baptized by me. But Jesus responds and says, this is necessary to fulfill all righteousness. In other words, to be right with God. That's what righteousness means, to be in the right place before God. In order to do that, then baptism is the way. So Jesus sets us an example of how we are to be right with God. In the New Testament, from the book of Acts onwards, this is after Jesus has ascended and sent the Holy Spirit. The early church, the very first church that was birthed at the beginning of Acts, in in, in Acts chapter 2. This church followed Jesus' command to baptize new believers. We see it right throughout the book. People coming to faith and then immediately being baptized. And so Elliot, Ben and Lydia, who are getting baptized today, well done. 
You're taking this step of obedience. You're following Jesus' example. You're doing what that very first church did in the book of Acts. You're obeying Jesus and getting baptized. So well done. So number one, baptism is a step of obedience. Number two, baptism is a public display of your faith in Jesus and your desire to live for Jesus. You see, baptism is not a hidden event. It's not something we do behind closed doors. We're all here to witness. We're all here to cheer on and be part of it. We're here to celebrate with Elliot, with Ben and with Lydia. Baptism is a way of declaring your faith and is a statement of your desire to follow Jesus, to be his disciple, like we've said, his follower. It's a way of saying that you consider yourself now to be part of the church, part of God's people. It's not just the decision that you kind of made when you were younger because maybe your parents brought you along to church. These three young people today are saying, I'm of an age now where I can decide for myself and I'm deciding I want to be a follower of Jesus. Not just because I've come along to church with my parents. The Apostle Paul wrote a number of letters to different churches in the New Testament. And in his letter to the Colossians in chapter 2, he says this. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. In other words, all the fullness of God, God himself, this is Jesus, God himself, in human form. God living in Jesus, Paul's declaring this. So, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. In him you were also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self, ruled by the flesh, was put off when you were circumcised with Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. I'm not going to go into what circumcision means. You can maybe uh, ask that if you're unsure of someone. But what Paul is saying here is that baptism is the new circumcision. It's a way of saying, I am part of the people of God. I am part of the church. And Paul's talking about being buried in baptism and then being raised to new life. And Paul talks about this again in his message and his letter to the Romans this time. In Romans chapter 6, he talks about how we are buried with Christ through baptism. So as we go under the water... We go under the water, and as we're under the water, it's like we're dying to our old life. It's like we're saying we're burying that old life, how we used to live. And for some people, that might be a drastic change. They might have had in their past some things that were really not good. And they've come to Christ in a powerful way, and they're saying, I am now living for Jesus, I'm burying that old life. But you know what, even if we haven't had a colourful past... We still need to bury that old life. Because it's a life without Jesus as Lord and Saviour. It's a life without Jesus as King and Lord of our lives. And we say goodbye to that old life as we go under the water. And then as we come up out of the water, Paul says in Romans 6 that we're raised to new life in Christ. Just as Christ was raised from the dead after his crucifixion. We, as we come up out of the water, are raised to new life in Christ. And Jesus lives in us. 
and we live for him. The resurrection life of Jesus is at work in us. Amen? And then in 2 Corinthians, another letter that Paul writes to the church in Corinth this time. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, from verse 17, it says this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. The old life has ended. The new life has begun. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God who made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Such powerful words. So Elliot, Ben and Lydia, as you get baptized today, you leave your old life behind. And you start a new life in Jesus. But it's not just for you. You now receive this ministry of reconciliation that Paul talked about in this passage. You become an ambassador or a representative for Jesus. You work on his behalf. Jesus takes your sin away from you. All the things that you've done wrong, all the ways that you haven't quite made it, Jesus takes that all away. And he gives you his righteousness that right standing before God as we said earlier may your life guys be a witness to Jesus may you lead many people to Jesus as you become his representative and as you live for him and finally I just want to say That after Jesus' baptism, the Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove. And then as Jesus went through his ministry, it was under the power of the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus chose to empty himself. But he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit worked through him to do amazing things. As you pick up this new life, Elliot, Ben and Lydia, you also receive the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit lives in you and the Holy Spirit helps you to live the way that Jesus wants you to live and to be his representative. It's not about hard work. (laughs) There There will be some hard work in your lives, of course there will. But living for Jesus is about letting the Holy Spirit work in and through you to do the things that Jesus wants you to do. So we'll be praying for you guys today that you're filled with the Holy Spirit as you get baptized. And that he will help you throughout your life as you follow Jesus as his disciple. Amen.